0: <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind. The best love programs from radio's golden age. Only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor.
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We have two lengthy shows tonight, so I'll have to forego any comments and get right to the action. We begin with The Green Hornet, and the tale of the corpse that wasn't there.
2: The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game public enemies who try to destroy our America. <laughs> His faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law. By the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in a thrilling adventure. The corpse that wasn't there. The Green Hornet strikes again. Ed Lowry, were returning to the Daily Sentinel after lunch. The streets were crowded, and as they took their last corner, a man hurrying from the opposite direction ran into them.
3: Oh, excuse me, I'm Hey, why don't you watch where you're going? you?
2: I tell you, Casey, sometimes I think they need traffic lights on the sidewalk, too. Are you okay?
3: Yes, except for my handbag. Oh, wait, here it is on the sidewalks. Hey, is this yours, too? What? This letter. No, it's not mine. It's already been mailed, hasn't it?
2: Ah, mailed and unsealed.
3: Hmm. Uh-uh, Lowry, never mind your reporter instincts. Not right to look at other people's mail.
2: Not that I wasn't going to open it. I... Well, what do we do with it? Throw it away?
3: It may be important. Hmm.
2: Mr. Ernest Kegler. It's probably the joker who bumped into you. Well, why should we bother with it? Oh,
3: give it to me, Lowry. I'll call him up from the office. Look at the time. We'd better hurry. <laughs> Hello, Miss Case. Oh, good afternoon, Mister Reed. Anything important? No, it's been pretty quiet all morning. Here's your mail. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let
2: well... Wait, this one. This isn't mine, Miss Case.
3: Oh yes, that's a letter that someone dropped on the street. I've been trying to reach him by phone. Do you mind if I try now? Oh, well, go right ahead.
2: I'll glance at my letter.
3: Hello, switchboard. Yes, this is Lenore, Helen. Will you try that number again? It's a... <laughs> Yes, that's right.
2: It's a letter from Clicker Benny. She's a second officer in the wax now.
3: Uh-huh, in North Africa.
2: We have that posted on the bulletin board, huh? Eh? Yes, sir. I... Mm.
3: Yes, Helen? Oh. hello, okay, thanks. Maybe he does work in a factory or someplace. No. No, I won't bother. Bye. Huh? still no answer.
2: Why not just put it in the envelope and send it to him?
3: I guess that's the easiest thing. Hey, wait get... a minute. Is this the address? Yes. Oh,
2: that's right on my way home. I'll tell you what, Miss
3: Case, I'll drop it off there myself. How's that?
2: There's house. I come back with one woman... Take you long. Cato, you've still got the letter. Mr. Britt, please. I see something through the window. You come look. What's that? Please, you come with me. All right. Look there. You see? I'll be. Cato, try the door. It's unlocked, Mr. Britt. Come on. Out. Easy now. What do you think, Mr. Rich? Oh, it's obvious. All we needed was one look. Where's the phone? On the table. Well,
3: what's the matter? I don't get a dial tone, Kiddo.
2: Kato, this telephone wire's been cut. Oh, that's very bad. I'll get to the nearest phone and call the police. You stay here, Kato.
4: Oh, this is very sad. Too bad for him. Yes. Oh, that's Mr. Britt.
2: You? Mr. Britt. Oh. Now, get busy. Kale, you're all right. Oh. Come on, you're all right. Oh. That's it. Come on, now. Oh,
4: Mr. Britt. What happened?
2: Well, that's what I want to know. I found you in the hall when we got here on the top of your head like an egg. Looks like a blackjack. Who was it? I, I don't know. What happened? Well, I wait in the room, like you say. Then I hear a door close. I think it's you.
4: I call and come out. Mr. Britt, I hear voices. Hmm? Voices back
2: in the room. Who are well, they? just the police, Kato. They're checking on the body. Forget it. Now, go on. You came out this door. And then what? Somebody close by me say, get him.
4: I try to see who it is, but something hit me on the head. That's all. Oh, that's all, except where is the letter?
2: The letter we came here to deliver. Well, you had it.
4: I have it no more. The letter's gone.
2: So that's what they wanted. Hey, Mister Reed. Mister Reed. Yes. What is it, officer? Hey, what kind of a joke is this? Joke? Murder's no joke. Sure, that's what I mean. What was the idea of calling up the police and having all this? Yeah,
4: yeah, what do you call... What are you people doing in my house? What are those cars outside the door? Who are you? Who am I? Who am I? I, I live here. My name is Ernest Kegler. What does this mean? I come home... Now, I... just
2: a moment, Mr. Kegler. My name is Reed. I'm publisher of the Daily Sentinel. Tell me, what's a dead man doing in your living room? What
4: kind of privacy can I put... That's it?
2: Dead man in my uh, living room? Yes. Murdered. Murdered? I... Now, hold on. Wait a minute. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Mr. Reed, if you're playing a joke, you're carrying it too far. Joke? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take a look in that room. There's no murdered man. There's nobody at all. <laughs> right in this Case, I haven't noticed myself. When I got back there, Cato was lying in the hall. I didn't go into the living room at all. The police went in.
3: It's the strangest thing I ever heard of, Mr.
2: The body was gone. No trace of it. If it hadn't been for the broken telephone wire, I might have believed it was a dream.
3: And Kato and you both had the same dream. <laughs>
2: well,
3: well, what are the police going to do? Take you to a psychiatrist? Oh, no, not
2: quite. After all, they realized I wouldn't phone about nothing. They've decided that Kato and I walked in on a practical joke.
3: Someone was just playing dead. That's it. And got up and beat it after Cato left the room, I suppose. And what about using a blackjack on Cato? Was it that to make the joke more practical? Well,
2: I haven't figured that one out yet. Oh,
4: good
3: grief. All this because you delivered a lost letter. That reminds me.
2: The letter was gone, too. Cato had it, and then when he...
3: Hello, boss. Hi, Casey. Hello, Laurie.
2: Well, Laurie. I feel blank, boss. You stayed with the police, didn't you? Sure, and like you said, I hung right on their shoulders while they checked up on this Ernest Kegler guy. Don't own the house. Well, that's on the level. It is his house? He's on the level all the way. Name's Ernest Kegler, and he does own the house, and he's even got fingerprint proof of identification.
3: Fingerprints, Mr. Reed? A criminal record? Now that's
2: Casey. Don't jump the gun. This guy works in a war plant. That's how he had fingerprints. Oh. Simon Pura. As the Driven Snow. <laughs> I don't know, boss. Maybe you and Kate will walk in on a fraternity initiation. It seems so somehow I was sure that when the police investigated Ernest Kegler, they'd run into something. Oh, you saw Kegler. Yeah. Did he look like the man who bumped into Miss Case on the street? I don't know. I didn't get a close look that time. I asked Kegler about a letter, and he said, yes, he'd lost one, but it wasn't important. Well, it looks like the end of what might have been a good story for the Sentinel. I'll see you later, Miss Case.
3: But, Mr. Reed, you just arrived.
2: And now I'm leaving. Uh, I'll tell you something else. Kegler and the man I saw lying on the floor looked almost like twins. What? But... Holy mackerel. Say, Casey, maybe the boss is crazy. Mr. Britt, I think about it all day. If it were not, for bump on my head I would not be sure. You and I are the only ones who are positive, Kato. And with that letter missing... Yes? There's something strange going on, I'm sure of it. Yes, sir. Uh, we've been wrong before. We may be wrong again. But at least we're going to find out. Hmm? There's so no use sitting around talking about it. Maybe we can use the role of the Green Hornet. Get the mask and the gas gun. We're taking The Black Beauty <laughs> Seconds later, stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passage built within the wall of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, superpowered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then dropped into place as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Where we go, Mister Britt? Same place, kiddo. The Kegler's home. Where is this? Kegler's house is down at the far end of the block. We can leave the Black Beauty here in the alley. Here's the street. It's good and dark. We will Kato. Did you see that? Yes, sir. Somebody go in Kegler's front door. It looked like Lowry. I might have known. Lowry's a swell reporter. He always keeps digging. Yes, but in this case, it's not so good for us, no? Ah, it might turn out all right, Keto. In fact, it might be very helpful. Come on, we'll get into that house quietly. We'll be there when Lowry leaves. We might get something. No, no, there isn't anything special I want to see about, Mr. Kegler, but... I just can't help feeling that the boss did run into something. He's a level-headed guy.
4: Yes, I understand. I read the Sentinel myself. a Good newspaper.
2: He just stopped off to do you a favor and return that letter. Huh? The, the one you dropped when we bumped, remember? Oh, yes,
4: but it wasn't important. Uh, please, why don't you forget the whole thing? <laughs>
2: oh, you know as reporters.
4: Maybe there was somebody here. I don't know. Maybe it was a practical joke. But whatever it was or wasn't, it's over and done with.
2: Okay, okay. So, you've got your letter, haven't you?
4: No, I haven't.
2: Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Well, good night. Here,
4: yeah, I'll show you to
2: the door. Oh, you don't have to
4: do I don't speak
2: to anymore. Go under to the door, kiddo. Yes, sir. We'll learn nothing yet. Kiddo, back behind the drapes.
4: hello I think we're talking. The reporter was here. I'm worried but I all right if you say so yes Yes I understand there's nothing to worry about. So what? All right, I'll destroy the letter at once. Goodbye
2: Hey, Kegler, hand over that letter. Look out! He has guns! In a house in the suburbs on the other side of the city from Kegler's home, a man named Bolton hung up the phone and crossed to another room. That no, was Kegler. Oh? Yeah. The reporter from the Sentinel was nosing around again. I told him to forget it. Nothing's going to go wrong. He's nervous, huh? Hmm? Well, you can't blame him. It was pretty close. Yes. <laughs> it's a lucky thing that fellow he sloped had the letter. I lifted it right from his hand. Yeah, I told Kegler to burn it. We read it already. Uh-huh. Say, uh, we've got to do something about, uh, you know, that dead man. Sure, sure. Maybe the river. Oh, shut up, will you? I was thinking Hey. Where now? Uh, I want to double check. I'm gonna call Kegel and make sure he burned that letter. Yeah, it's five minutes. He's had plenty of time. That letter would mean our finish if it got in the wrong hands. Yeah. Huh. It's funny. No answer. Wonder what happened. Still no answer? Yeah, still no answer. How many times is that? I don't know. Ten, maybe. it has been almost an hour. Maybe he went out. I'm sure he went out. But why? It's almost midnight. He said nothing to me on the phone about going... Hey. Yeah, come on. Where have you been? I've been calling
4: you. I, I didn't burn the letter, Bolton. And there's somebody who knows
2: about it. Now, what's eating you? Come in here. Stark out there. Come on in. Uh, all right, now, let's have it. What happened to the letter? And what do you mean somebody knows about it? I can tell you, Bolton. Well, Your The Green Hornet. I'll I'll it. Leave it there. Reach for that gun and I pull this trigger. Hey, what's this all about? Kegel, are you pulling a fast? Don't on? blame him. He shot at me. It's just tough luck that he missed, that's all. Now, uh, how much is this letter worth, Bolton? Uh, nothing. Why? And What happened to the man who was killed in Kegler's house? What about the man? What do Don't kid me, Bolton. You've covered up pretty fast, but I've got ways of finding things out. Who was that dead man? Get off the be. Was he somebody who knew your setup? Or maybe this Kegler's a fake. Maybe the dead man was the real Kegler. You're pretty smart, aren't you? The police might think so. Don't give me that. You're the Hornet. You wouldn't go to the police. Uh, If I can't get it from you, maybe I can get it from your stooge here. Come on, Kegler. Come on, we'll let Bolton think about it. Stay here, Kegler. He's coming with me. No, he's not. I don't think you can handle him the right way. Now, me and Mannheim can do that. We'll take Now get that gun. I don't, I don't fight. I can't see. You won't get a chance. Me. I'll take it one side, Kegler.
4: Oh, Mannheim. Yeah. Get him. Get him. Get oh. him. That gun it didn't make a sound.
2: Okay, Kegler, come along. And close your mouth. You look like a fish.
4: There. It's a garage.
2: All right. You go first. We'll take the driveway. Hello. Right here. I find out... To... Just a moment. Kegler. Yes? Walk up to the garage. Stand there with your back to us. And remember, you make a perfect target against that white background. So don't try anything. Well, what is it? Mr. Bates? I look in the garage. Well. I look in the back. There's a big, heavy trunk. You were right, Mr. Brick. I was. Fine, fine. That's all I want to know. Now we'll leave a note for Bolton and Mannheim. And we'll see that Kegler gets back to his home and keeps his mouth shut until tomorrow night. Mannheim. Mannheim, wake up. Come on, snap out of it. (laughs) Come on, come on, wake up. Where's my gun? Where's my gun? Oh, it's you. Is he gone? Yeah, him and Kegler both. I found this. It's got the Hornet seal on it. That's right. I'll give you one more chance to talk money. Don't try anything till I call. You will be watched I guess he means business Yes What about the garage? Well, we better do like he says, man I'm We just sit tight and wait
4: Hello Yes This is Kegler No, I'm sorry. I I won't be to work today. No, I'm not feeling well. Goodbye. I'm not feeling well at all. City room at Laurie talking.
2: What's that?
3: What?
2: Yeah, what about Kegler? Huh? Say who is this? I said, who Uh, What
3: is it, Laurie?
2: Some guy said if I wanted a story I should go see Kegler again. Again? Yeah, tonight around midnight. And I don't even know who called. Is that you, Bolton? I saw you last night. Remember? That's right. Sure, stick around. I'll see you again. Oh, say around nine and nine thirty. And no tricks this time. I've been watching from the windows. I haven't seen a thing. Uh, he'll be around. He said so. What are you going to do? I don't know. Get the money for him, but... it's I... pretty tough. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I we should be taking care of that, you know, in the trunk in the garage. And have the Hornet find out about that? Maybe he already knows. Maybe. I'll tell you one thing we got to do. You mean Kegler? Yeah. He's scared silly. He's already talked to the Hornet. How much we don't know. But he might talk to the police if the pressure gets strong enough We gotta take care of him Kill him, huh? Yeah, we gotta do it soon We can't go That's the back door The Hornet? Yeah, who else? Get your gun out of sight, man Don't worry I don't take chances with that fella Bill, what are you waiting for? Open the door at the glass, Mannheimer. It's a shadow. No. Looks as if he's leaning right against her. You can't tell. It's that glass that you can't see through. There's something peculiar. Oh, well. Look out. Bolton, it. it's the body from the trunk in the garage propped up against the door. Well, who put it there? How did I it do, it, it? Bolton? The hornet. You'll know about it. I want to know a lot more. This man's dressed something like Kegler. He looks like Kegler. Who was he? What was his name? Forget it, Hornet. This doesn't concern you. If I'm mixed up in something, I want to know all about it. Come on, who was he? He's... Kegler. Kegler? Oh, I get it. You mean the real Kegler? Yeah. Your friend who calls himself Ernest Kegler? Never mind, I can figure it. He took this man's place, didn't he? He took over his home. This man was kept a prisoner in his own house, isn't that right? Yeah, that's it. And when that, uh... That newspaper publisher told the police he found a dead man there. This was the man he saw. Yeah, that was while we were out of the house getting a car. And when we got back, we slugged the man we found there and took the body out fast. What was the reason for all that, Bolton? I wanted our man to get a job in a war plant. And by using this one's references, he got a good job preparing for sabotage. Eh? Something like that. But something went wrong and you had to kill him. A letter came with a code message. Somehow the real kegler got hold of it. He got out of the house and was on his way to the police. He saw us trailing him and got scared. He dropped the letter. He got up at him a couple of blocks further on and took him back to the house. So that's why the letter was important. Yeah. Look, Hornet, there's two things we got to do. We need that letter and we got to take care of this body. It'll cost you money. Here, yeah, yeah, here. it's plenty. <laughs> Well, I'll give you. A I'll happen. take it all. Thanks. What about your partner, Egbert? Okay, well, call him that for convenience. He's nervous. You might spill everything. Certainly, we got to get, get rid of I was uh, working on that hornet. I, uh, I uh, haven't got any ideas. But... I have an idea, Bolton. I might as well earn this money. It's a good idea. How about making it look like murder and suicide? Murdering. Yes, with your friend as the murderer who commits suicide. I'll explain it later. When? When well, we get to Kegler's house, of course. I suppose you take this man over there in your car, and no tricks. I'll be driving right behind you. <laughs> Close, Lavis. Britt, answering the phone. No, don't follow them. Turn here in the alley. They'll stop at the house, all right. Come on. We'll go into that house the back way and be very careful. Lowry ought to be prowling around nearby.
3: Lowry, isn't that Taylor's house?
2: Yeah, Casey. It's too early for me to make my call. It's
3: look. There are two men going toward the front door. They're carrying
2: another man. Ah. That guy's either had one drink too many or... Holy mackerel. Wait here, Casey. Sorry,
3: right, where are you going? I'll be right
2: back. We'll look in a window. Casey. Casey. What is it? What did you see? Funny, they're inside now. That man they were carrying was dead. He's on the living room floor. And the hornet's there, too. Good oh, grief. I'll keep watching. You get to a phone and get the cops here as fast as you can.
4: I don't understand. I don't understand why you brought
2: him back here. I don't see why. Okay, Kegler, I'll clear it up for you. Mannheim, give me your gun. I'll wipe the print off first. Here mm-hmm. sure you are. Thanks, Kegler. This is the gun Mannheim used to kill that man. The idea is to use this gun on you, and then leave it in your hand. Oh, yes. It will appear that you murdered that man, and now that you've committed suicide. No, no, I... Oh no! Don't let Son it, Kegler. That's the way we want it makes us safe, get it? Then the Hornet gives us that letter. We burn it. And... Hey, what's that? Police cars. outside. Police. Hornet, Hornet, hurry up. Shoot him. Shoot him. No, I will, Bolton, but not with your gun, with mine. Take it, can oh, no, it... Hey, what good's that? It's just gas. you will wake gas, up. And... Bolton. He'll wake up and talk to the police, and you'll go to jail. Bolton, we've been fooled. Get him. Get him. before him. A... Get
5: you Get Breathe. Oh.
2: Hurry, Mister the police? Yes, about the back way. Remind me to send this money to the U.S.O.
3: <laughs> Break
2: the door down. <laughs> In here, this room. Well, I'll be... Are they all dead? No, no, just one of them. I saw the whole thing from the window, Sarge. And unless I'm nuts, you'll have a spy story that'll hit the headline. That's fine. But what happened to the Green Hornet? <laughs> just heard the adventure, The Corpse That Wasn't There. These exciting dramas are sent to you each week at this same time. They're copyrighted features of the Green Hornet Incorporated. All characters, names, places, and incidents used in this drama are purely fictitious. Bob Heights speaking.
1: Stay tuned for The Fred Allen Show, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Fred Allen Show and a guaranteed walk down Allen's Alley.
6: The Ford Dealers of America presents The Fred Allen Show. The Fred Allen Show with Fred's guests Phone, Hopper, Minerva Pius, Peter Donald, Fenley, the DeMarco sisters and goodman his orchestra
5: ladies and gentlemen in radio some programs come to you as a public service other programs come to you transcribed here is a program that comes to you if you call it
6: who's the star Lassie? no
5: he's Fred Allen <laughs>
6: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In Portland, look, after this, please, just say, here he is, or something. Don't make a whole big production out of the opening, if you will. I'll speak to my writer about it. Do that, if you will. That's the whole trouble with this program, you know, the writers. One writer used to work in a butcher shop. He sells his jokes by the pound, as the scale with him, whenever you deal with him. And the other writer comes to work with a hammer and a chisel. I think he used to write epitaphs, or he's a prehistoric old uh, gentleman. I don't know which. Some of the jokes sound like epitaphs Well, that's the other writer He's an old Harvard man He writes all of his jokes In dead languages You can always tell One of his jokes It just lays there Well, enough with the uh, Enough with the grumbling as, as that one did That was one of his specials Right there and
5: you were, Did you hear
6: Jack Benny tonight? Uh-huh His show was cut off again tonight Cut off last week, too There's a new mm-hmm. saying in radio You'll never hear the end of Benny for- <laughs> What, uh, what's in the news?
5: An anthropologist says. That wait
6: a minute. Uh, 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 wait, don't use words that we're not familiar with. Break them up. What is an, uh, an anthropologist? What is it? An
5: anthropologist is a man who is versed in anthropology.
6: Oh, good. I didn't think you knew it. I thought I had you. There. <laughs> what, about, what about this anthropologist? He
5: says that brainy men are all bald headed.
6: Brainy men are all bald? <laughs> what are you laughing about? What are you laughing
5: about? You have plenty of hair. <laughs> well
6: Einstein has plenty of hair too
5: there's some difference between your hair and Einstein you bet there is I comb mine <laughs> <laughs> tell me
6: what the <laughs> get a nasty letter from Hal and uh, hieroglyphics tomorrow what the tell me what else is what else is new Red Ankle. Oh, poor Gregory. Will he Will he have to stop work? Well, until Gregory's ankle gets better, he's going to make hop along pictures. Hop along pictures? That's one of the Harvard man's jokes, too. I'll point them out as I lay them out with a. I'm uh, uh, fine. Uh, I'm fine going like a house on fire tonight. <laughs> you sure are. That's, uh, you sure are. And I wish I had a pail of dirty water to cope with the conflagration. Tell me, what is, your, it's, what is your last item? New York City is planning an anti-rat drive. Anti-rat? Mama says there's only one way to get rid of rats. And that one way is? Keep
5: your trap shut. <laughs>
6: Let's go out on the street and do this, will you? Let's uh, I won't open my trap then until I get to Allen's Alley. What is your question tonight? Well, during the past six months, the Better Business Bureau has received an increasing number of complaints about exaggeration and misrepresentation in advertising. And so our question is: Have you been victimized by exaggeration or misrepresentation in advertising? Shall we go? As the two inventors said when they designed the first garter, let's make it snappy. Well, here we are back in Allen's Alley, Portland. (laughs) I guess some of the Claghorn's in, all right. Look, his scooter is on the front veranda there. Let's make sure. I say somebody's banging my door, trying to bag it. Oh, it's you, droop face. Uh, he... <laughs> yes, Senator. Well, give it to me fast, son. I'm busier than the syrup jug in a waffle shop. Now, wait a minute. I'm investigating the coal strike. Cold? Cold strike's doing the country a lot of good. Good? Today in Pittsburgh, if you meet a man on the street, you can see who he
5: is. <laughs> As John
6: L. Lewis says, you can't fuel all of the people any of the time unless I say so. Now, <laughs> Tell me, Senator, about this exaggeration and misrepresentation in advertising. Advertising is the grease that lubricates the wheels of progress. You think advertising advertising gets results. How? Before advertising, a man didn't know where his T-zone was. Well. The that... man who knew tobacco best was chewing it.
5: <laughs> other smokers,
6: other smokers knew as much as Philip Morris smokers knew. But uh Those was just laying around doing nothing. <laughs> Tell me, are the politicians keeping up with the businessmen? Are the politicians advertising? They sure are. Them Republicans is advertising a slogan. It's just five letters. Five letters. L S M F T. What does L S M F T stand for? Let's swap MacArthur for Truman. So long, come on, come on, come on <laughs> I think the senator's been drinking too many malted milks. He's a little frat happy. Well, let's let's see if Mr. Moody's still up. Howdy, Bob. Well, (laughs) Well, Mr. Moody, how about this advertising business? Oh, a farmer, he has to know about advertising. Why? It's the only way he can make his farm pay. Oh, you have advertising around your farm, do you? On all four sides of my barn, I got Peruna and Liverpool ads. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
6: my bull, my bull's all painted yellow, advertising Bull Durham. Bull Durham. <laughs> yeah. And I got the longest Burmache poem in the country. Oh, really? How does your poem go? John McGee had a long goatee. When he combed it out, it hung down to his knee. Yes. Today, John's happy. He married a wave. His goatee has gone, thanks to Burmache. <laughs> long? Yeah, the poem starts half a mile down the road. I see. It comes in my gate, goes once around the house. Yeah.
5: And the
6: last line, last line is on my back door, on the inside. Oh, you you have to, you have to open the door to read the last line of the Burma Shave poem? That's the trick. The trick? As you open the back door, my wife's sitting there selling the stuff. Yeah. Well, doesn't, uh, doesn't all of this advertising keep you hopping? Sunday is my busiest day. Oh, what happens On the Sabbath, yeah. I stand out in the front yard all day. Uh-huh. I'm wearing a silk hat, a swallowtail coat, an ascot tie, white spats, and I'm leaning on a Russian wolfhound here. You're leaning on a Russian wolfhound? In my hand, I'm holding a highball. Well, what are you supposed to be? A robe of distinction. So long, then. <laughs> will really switch from hard cider. Oh, well, let's try this next door. Happy, Jeffy. Ah, Mrs. Lutzpah. Say, you look excited. Who's excited? I'm frantic. What, uh, what's wrong? As I'm taking out of the oven, an upside-down cake is ringing suddenly the telephone. Down the upside down cake and answering naturally the telephone. Well, so, what is all the excitement about? I'm forgetting how I'm setting down the upside down cake. Hey, <laughs> that is confusing. Now I'm not knowing which side is upside and which side is downside. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm standing it on end and calling it a strudel. That's it. <laughs> Tell me, Mrs. Nussbaum, have you been victimized by misrepresentation in advertising? Mostly in the movies. In the movies? On the screen is showing a trailer. Yes? It's a saying, Been coming next week. You shouldn't miss it. Chills will leaping up to your spine. I see. Always this week the picture is bad. Next week is coming a humdinger. <laughs> Notice that. Last night, I'm going to the movie. A double feature? The zombie is getting up his dander in Technicolor. Yeah. Also, the wolfman is having a litter. I've seen that. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) How were the pictures? So blinters. Oh, bad. Again, it's flashing on the screen. Coming next week, you were blowing your top. That's... (laughs) Coming next week. One thing is not coming next week. What? I am not
5: coming, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: to the pea covered candy of Mr. Cassidy. Mr. Cassidy surely must be waiting for us. Here,
5: they are! Oh, do you go Oh, go Oh,
6: Tell me, Mr. Cassidy. Oh, that's on the other part. Tell me, Mr.
5: Cassidy. (laughs) Tell
6: me, Mr. Cassidy, about this advertising discussion. Me, boy, advertising should be stopped by legislation. Really? Especially them preposterous contests they have on the radio. Why do you say that? Oh, thanks to them quiz programs, every moron in America today has a refrigerator. (laughs) You, uh... I I heard the quiz program Yes. One of the contestants had amnesia. They asked him who he was. He couldn't remember his name. Yeah? For making a grand try, they gave him $800. <laughs> and,
5: and then? Yeah.
6: Then they gave him a brand new house in case he couldn't remember where he lived.
5: <laughs>
6: you say you're against uh, these radio contests, eh, AJ? Oh, no. Look what contests did for Genghis Flanagan. What, uh, what happened to Genghis? Well, after winning two limits and a jingle prize, yeah. Genghis won the biggest soap contest in the country. What was the first prize? Genghis gets $40 a week as long as he lives. Yes. And for 52 weeks after he (laughs) dies. Good. His son is getting a college education with a career guaranteed. Fine. They're sending Genghis' daughter to a finishing school until she's finished. (laughs) And Genghis and Mrs. Branigan have to take a cruise to Bermuda every two weeks until they're 65. Whether they want to or not. (laughs) Say that was some award. Oh, it was the Pixie Soap Contest. I use pixie soap because... Well, what was Genghis's winning answer? I use pixie soap because I'm dirty. Goodbye, Genghis. <laughs> be is the five DeMarco sisters and Maestro Al Goodman. Combining their unusual talents, the DeMarco's and Maestro Goodman come up with When the Red Red Robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Girls? When the Red Red Robin comes
5: bob, bob, bobbing along. No more sobbing when he starts sobbing his old sweet song. Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, laugh, and be happy.
6: Kenny? This message just came from Mrs. Nussbaum. She wants to see you right away. Well, I just left there. Something must be up, Kenny. we better get back to Allen's alley. <laughs> well, this is the old alley, Kenny. It's the third door. Oh, I don't know. it, Jeffy. Oh, Mrs. Nussbaum, I just received your message. Is something wrong? Confidentially, I'm needing advice. Advice? I'm looking for a certain party. Yes? He is telling my husband, Pierre, to take his Ford for service back home. Oh, I know that certain party. Kenny, Mrs. Nussbaum here says you told Pierre to take his Ford back home for service. Well, yes, Mrs. Nussbaum. I advise every Ford owner to take his Ford back home for service. This on the radio I'm hearing. Well, your Ford dealer has Ford trained mechanics and special equipment just for working on Ford. This also I'm hearing. Your Ford dealer uses factory approved methods and genuine Ford parts. It pays to take your Ford back home for service. Sending Ford back home is one thing. Yes. But everything Pierre is sending back home. How do you mean? Mine cream cheese is sending back home to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Mine furniture is sending back home to Grand Rapids. Well, why don't you put your foot down? Both feet I'm putting down. What happened? Pierre is sending me back home to my mother. Thank you. <laughs> You have just heard a few random notes played, uh, plucked uh, from You Were Meant for Me by Maestro Al Goodman and his UN orchestra. UN meaning unfinished
5: numbers. <laughs> and now,
6: St. Portland. Yes? Would you be kind enough to hand me that news clipping on the piano over there? Uh, this one? Yes. I cut it out of variety. It's a want ad. What does the ad want? Oh, no, wait. Uh, it says... It says... That's from the that Harvard man, too. Uh, the ad says here, Wanted immediately radio scripts for new mystery program. Must be very exciting, very dramatic, and very cheap. Call Basil Rathbone, Biltmore Theater.
5: Isn't Basil Rothbone in that play, The Heiress?
6: Oh, yes, he's still in The Heiress, but he must be coming back into radio in his spare time. Now, I have a story that just fits Basil. When my mystery goes on the air, Sam Spade will start digging his own grave. <laughs> Has Mr.
5: Rothbone seen your script no, yet?
6: No, not yet. I have an appointment tonight. I'm going over to Basil's apartment right now, Portland. I'll see you later. <laughs> this is the place. What's this sign on the door? Basil Rathbone, criminal investigator, crime solved at all hours, can fix parking tickets. Also, (laughs) orchestra seats for the heiress. I wonder if Basil is in. Well, Fred Allen. Basil Rathbone. Say, Basil, if you're busy... Uh, Not at all, Fred. Come in. You know, I thought you might, uh, might be posing. I've seen your picture in so many ads lately. Yes, I'm using persona blades. I've accepted the Saverin coffee challenge, and I'm drinking Schaefer's, the finest beer I've ever tasted. Gad, yeah, Basil, you, you're doing everything but stepping out of thousands of store windows. I
5: endorse... <laughs>
6: I endorse cigarettes too, Fred, over the radio. You endorse cigarettes on the air? Why, who do you think Willie the Penguin is? Basil, you mean? <laughs> Doesn't it bother you impersonating a penguin that way? Well, I think I've been doing the penguin too long, you know, Fred. Occasionally, I catch myself waddling. Well, you You'd better stop before you start snapping at Admiral Byrne. Well, <laughs> uh, speaking of ads, Basil, I saw your, uh, your ad in Variety. Oh, about my new radio program. Yes. Yes, if I get the right script, Fred, I can put my program on the air tomorrow. Uh, what, uh, what about a sponsor? Oh, I have a sponsor. It's a frozen fruit concern. Fruit? I've heard of frozen food. But this company only freezes watermelons. Oh, watermelons? Yes. My program will be called The Fagel Frozen Watermelon Mystery Theater. Fagel's Frozen Watermelon. Yes. The program opens with two gunshots, then a jingle. Listen to this. When you're buying frozen fruit, what's the fruit that's sure to suit? It's a frosted goodie, the fastest selling Fagel's Frozen Watermelon. <laughs> Without a doubt, the finest singing commercial I've heard since "A Royal
5: <laughs>
6: If I could only really find a script as exciting, well, I must be beyond the hit praise, I said.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: but I want a, a script as exciting as Tagle's commercial. Well, Basil, I uh... well look here. Look at all these mystery scripts that I have here. They're, they're sending in bit. They're impossible. But uh... look at this one. It's called "The Man with the Neon Jimmy." The man with the neon jacket? What? <laughs> what is it about? Well, a burglar goes into rob a factory. Yes? The safe is too heavy, so he saws the safe in two and carries one part of it away. Do they catch the burglar? The next night. Yes. The burglar comes back to the other part of the safe. Why does he come back? The burglar doesn't want to be half safe.
5: <laughs> hey, that
6: sounds, that sounds like a case the fat man has sat on. <laughs> Thank you, Fred, as you can see, I need a good mystery. And that is why I am here. I have the perfect story for your fagal frozen watermelon mystery theater. Is it good? This script will hold television at bay for 20 years.
5: Ah. <laughs>
6: what is your mystery about, Fred? Well, as the story starts, we hear dramatic music. <laughs> I am Norbert Nottingham. I was England's leading barrister. Tomorrow... I'm to be hanged for murder. Why, you say? Well, it all began two months ago. Lady Bensonhurst, the famous bird lover, invited me to her tea party. How well I remember that fatal afternoon. As I entered the drawing room, the cuckoo clock struck three. I put my briefcase on the table. Chung, Lady Bensonhurst's houseboy, greeted me. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Donningham. Oh, good afternoon, Chung. here uh, for tea? Uh, no, thank you, Chung. here uh, for cocktail? Uh, not right now. Chung make a special oriental martini. Oriental, Martin. Instead, have Oliver Chung yus lychee nut. Very tasty. Oh, oh, yeah.
5: <laughs>
6: I was about to accept Chung's offer oh, yeah. when Lady Bensonhurst rapped her fan for attention.
5: Quiet, quiet, everyone, quiet, please.
6: I'm now going to divulge. Why, I invited all of you bird lovers here this afternoon. Mr. Nottingham here is my solicitor. I've called him here to change my will. But, but, Lady Bensonhurst... I'm leaving my entire fortune to buy worms for undernourished English sparrows. Worms? From the day I die, no English sparrow will
5: ever go hungry. Bravo! Bravo! Lady Bensonhurst was mad. Lady
6: Bensonhurst was mad leaving her fortune to the sparrows. I had to talk to her alone. I must get rid of that crowd of bird lovers. Rushing to the window, I shouted,
5: Look! Look out there on the lawn! A yellow-berried sapsucker! And out of season, too!
6: It worked! The crowd rushed out. We were alone. Lady Bensonhurst spoke. I say, Norbert, why are you looking at me so strangely? Now, Lady Bensonhurst, about your will. Ah! I finished my business with Lady Bensonhurst and was putting on my Inverness cape uh, when one of the bird lovers rushed in. I say, Lady Bensonhurst, the yellow-bellied tapir has gone away. <laughs> I, I, I say, Lady Bensonhurst, something wrong, old man? It's Lady Bensonhurst, Mister Nottingham. She's dead. Dead? I say, I'm calling the police. <laughs>
5: I've been to the scrub. Lady Benson, those have come a proper. Calling Detective
6: One Long Pan. Ah, uh, greetings, and shalom and lackim, kitty. <laughs> Detective One Long Pan, Johnny Dick Clayton on job. Long Pan, look over. The butler and the chauffeur is Long Pan Long pan, look over. Long pan, long pan potential a-borrowed. I
5: say, old boy, I say.
6: <laughs> Will you stop that foul bellowing? Who are you, Mr. Long Nose? I am Norbert Nottingham, Lady Bensonhurst's solicitor. Very good. But who is Lady Bensonhurst? Uh, Lady Bensonhurst is the body. She's there on the chair, slumped over her lawn yet. Long pan, <laughs> long pan, whip into action. Solve climb no time. When well, I have said I'm due at the the Society in half an hour. A uh, little man talking with sponge in mouth. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Cuthbert Collins, president of the Birmingham Bird Watchers Society. Nest 4. Nest
5: Four. <laughs> Very
6: good, very good, Mr. Cuthbert Collins. Long panelist, you for murder Lady Swainsonhurst. Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, yes, when Lady Densonhurst was done in, I was out on the lawn looking for a yellow-bellied tat sucker. <laughs> Long pan leave no stone unturned. Long pan grill, yellow, yellow-kelly slap knocker <laughs> The sap sucker is a bird, Long Pan. You're just beating about the bush. Exactly. Confucius say many men who beat around the bush get a bird, but not yellow-kelly slap knocker
5: <laughs> You're car's right
6: Mr. Nottingham. Oh, thank you, Molly, thank you. Well, I must trip along. Uh, can I drop you somewhere, Long Pan? Not so fast, not so fast, Mr. Bottingham. Woman in case here look very suspicious. Who are you, Missy, Missy short the dark and Dumpy? i am Molly the Knight. Long time, cha-cha-la-femme. Eh, hey, get your hands off me, you heathen.
5: You ain't no chiropractor. <laughs> You,
6: you, 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 fess up, Missy. You, you, personal. You, you killed Lady Fencinghurst. You're balmy. I was outside changing the water in the bird bath. Oh ho! Long time clap you. Long time catch you now. Not a Saturday night. Why you change water in bird bath?
5: Look the <laughs> white rat, Pitch it.
6: The white lump nippets?
5: The water was dirty. The pippet's white ruffs was coming out tattletale grey. <laughs>
6: Long Pan, it's obvious you're getting nowhere. Long pan closing in. Who else? Who else was in the house? Well, only Chung, the house boy? You 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 ling for Chung. You very ling well. for Chung. Yes. Long Pan Girl Chung too fairly well.
5: Uh, somebody, Ling, oh, Chong. Look
6: here. Oh, do employment phone. Oh, sing Lu Wei Fu. Wei Fang Ling Long Bu Gu Guy. Um, Bu Gu Guy, pending up.
5: Oh, hola ma. Oh, hola
6: ma. you to sit us now each other? Oh, in China, in China confidentially, in China Chong Chong here big counterfeiter. Counterfeiter. Why you leave? Why you leave China Chong? Inflation, I got to work all year to make a dollar. Oh. <laughs> Very good. You 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 fess up you fess up chang Wah, chung long fong chong from beginning? From beginning. What
5: happened? I'll tell you exactly what
6: happened. Lady Bensonhurst was giving a tea party for bird lovers. Exactly. I was Lady Bensonhurst's solicitor. She told me to bring her will. Uh, By Jove, now I recall. You recall what, Mr. Storpecher? Well, Lady Bensonhurst announced she was changing her will. Changing will? And then someone shouted, oh, look, on the lawn!" Well, the yellow kelly tap sucker. <laughs> Again, the yellow-kelly tap knocker. Yeah, we, we all dashed out. When you come back, uh, Lady Bensonhurst was dead, and Mr. Nottingham was putting on his invalid. Very good. Cool. Long pan, less you, Mr. Nottingham, for murder Lady Jensen first. You're insane, Long pan. Why should I kill Lady Bensonhurst? Long pan examined briefcase, open briefcase. Don't, don't you touch those papers. Uh, Lady Bensonhurst was changing her will. She was leaving her fortune to buy worms for destitute sparrow Oh-ho, you see Will, will here not to change Beneficiary, not, not sparrow well, who is the beneficiary? Mr. Norbert Nottingham Solution obvious, Mr. Nottingham needs money Oh, that's ridiculous, why should I need money? This stock certificate, also here in bleak case Empire, sung, Empire, sunglass limited Go bankrupt last week You, Mr. Nottingham, principal stockholder Yes, yes, I know, I was a fool I bought two million pairs of sunglasses to sell in England, and the sun hasn't been out in England for three years.
5: <laughs> motive, motive,
6: confidentially obvious. you lose fortune. You'll kill Lady Bensonhurst to catch him, catch your money and will. You'll fess up, fessed but up. But this evidence oh, bad, is all a circumstantial, Long plan. I defy you to prove I murdered Lady Bensonhurst. You'll be sorry. Long Pan, examine Bobby. All right, all right, you'll see. There are no bullet holes, no knife wounds, no evidence of poison. Holy smoke. Uh, what is it, Long Tan? On back Lady Banks her says, you see? What? Four lumps. Four lumps? He anyone? Pan, <laughs> <laughs> unless you again, Mr. Nottingham, for murder Lady Banks Ah, good try, old big, but where is the weapon? No weapon used. You see where Body's sitting? It's in front of the radio. On top of radio, right behind head is cuckoo clock. Long pan turn clock back to four o'clock, you watch. <laughs> Yeah, the cuckoo hit Lady Bensonhurst on the head four
5: times <laughs>
6: at the base of skull, medulla oblongata. First blow stun, next two blows tentatively kill. Fourth blow, kill, positively. I think I'll, um, I think I'll step out and have a look at that yellow-killed strap mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, not so fast, Mr. Nottingham. Long Pan will you for third and final time for murder lady Benson Bunsen-Burner. L- uh, long Pan, you're uncanny. Confucius say, man who commit murder with clock end up doing time. Oh, Long Pan, hot tonight. Uh. Chinese Jack Eigen tonight. <laughs> let's go, let's go, Mr. Nottingham. Good night, Chung. Oh,
5: good night, Long
6: Thanks, as the last one for joining us tonight. Next week, our guest will be Mr. James Foley, the author of that bestseller, The James Foley Story. Thank you, and good night. Good
1: night. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor.